What a great God we serve. Can, can I tell you, it is a real honor, delight, joy to be here at Victory. I, I can remember growing up in Wewoka. Who knows where Wewoka is? Can anybody come on? All right. Wewoka by Wilika, Watumka, Sasakwa, Butner, New Lima. Come on, somebody. You know where I'm talking about. And I remember years ago coming up, sitting in the Maybe Center. Pastor Billy Joe, Pastor Sharon, word explosion. And this house has deposited so much into my life and my spiritual formation. And I honor, I honor you, Pastor Sharon. You have no idea the impact that you've had on my life. I honor you today, I honor you. This heritage, this legacy, and I believe that God has blessed you with some of the most amazing pastors, Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley, I believe are just some of the finest pastors, leaders, anointed, creative, preach, sing. I just hate them that they can sing and preach. Come on, somebody. Come on, God. We're, give a brother some gifts as well. But you're just blessed, and more than anything, they're just love you and they love God. And I just honor you. I'm glad they're enjoying vacation together. Can we just come on, love on your pastors right now. Love you, Pastor Paul. Love you, Pastor Ashley. So grateful for your friendship. Well, I'm excited to, to preach to you today. I believe I have a message that's going to speak deeply to your heart. If you have your Bible, if you have uh, your, your, your phone with a Bible app, would you turn with me to Acts chapter 27? I want to, we're going to land right there. Come on, I know you love the word of God here at Victory. Acts 27. I'm going to pick up reading in there in verse number 13. And the Bible says, when a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity, so they weighed anchor and sailed along the shore of Crete. Verse number 14 in Acts 27. Before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeaster swept down from the island. And these next seven words is where I want to focus our attention on for today's message. The ship was caught by the storm. And could not head into the wind, so we gave way to it and were driven along. I want to preach for the next few moments from this thought in the midst of the storm. Heavenly Father, thanks so much for your word, for your power, for your anointing. I thank you that the word of God is infallible, that it is anointed, that it is inspired, and that it will not return void. Speak, God, through your word. Change our lives through your word, and we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everybody shout a good amen. You know, in, in 2006, those of you not only in the building, but so many of you joining us online all around the world, it was 2006, it was Christmas season, and Christmas is my favorite time of the year. Anybody else love Christmas? I, I just love everything about Christmas. I love the Christmas music. I, I, I love the Christmas decorations. I love going to look at Christmas lights. I, I absolutely love the Christmas food and, and the 
cookies and all of the different foods. And, and my favorite in the Christmas season is eggnog. Oh, that good, thick, rich eggnog. I love it. The Brahms ought to put me on their payroll as much as I like eggnog. And I like eggnog. I like eggnog milkshakes, eggnog lattes, eggnog French toast, eggnog pancakes, eggnog casserole. I just like eggnog. And so I love Christmas time. And we have an annual tradition during the Christmas season. We go to Nebraska, Grand Island, Nebraska, to see my wife's family and and it was 2006 and it was a great time and this year her her grandparents my wife's grandparents drove down from Wisconsin to spend uh, Christmas season with us so we're all together and we had three kids at the time they were really small and our little daughter was just you know four or five months old and we're we're there and we had a great Christmas and we, we shared the Christmas story and the birth of Christ we opened presents we had a Christmas dinner Around the table and it was just a fantastic Christmas and a day or so later one of the worst ice storms hit Grand Island Nebraska and my wife's parents live out in the country and so we're in the country it's a horrific ice storm it is so bad and so much ice that the power lines break and we lose power in the house let me remind you, there's no power. It's December, and we're in Nebraska. It's cold, and so I look to my in-laws for their guidance and their direction and their wisdom on how we're going to make it through this storm. And they proceed to tell me, just put on your sweats, put on your long johns, put your long sleeve shirts on. And what we're going to do is we're going to light some candles and stay warm. Come again? <laughs> we're going to light some candles. Come on, come on have you seen candles? And we're going to stay warm in Nebraska with some candles. I thought, okay, I'll give it a try. So we put on our long clothes on, our sweats on. We got around the ca candles. Got, got, I got our babies and all trying to stay warm. And you know that it's cold when you start talking inside the house and you can see your breath. It's at that moment, I think we got to have a different plan. And so I just had to get bold and audacious and kind of go against what the family wanted to do. And I just had to let my in-laws know, for me and my house, we're going to the hotel in town that has some power. And so they said, well, okay, y'all go ahead. We're going to save our money. We're going to stay right here at the house. I said, okay, you guys do that. And me and the Cooper family, we went to the hotel. We was enjoying life. And guess who showed up two or three hours later? Oh, yes, they did. Yes, they did. They showed up. Uh-huh. In the midst of the storm. And in life, we, we face storms. Matter of fact, in our nation right now, we find ourselves in a storm. We're facing a health storm called COVID-19. And it's impacted all of us in some way. It's a storm. There's an economic storm, and, and the stock market has been all over the place. People have been laid off from their jobs. Millions have filed for unemployment. There's been an economic storm. 
That there's been a race storm in our nation. There has been racism and, and injustice and inequality and pain and frustration. There's been a storm. And then there's been a fear storm. I, I mean, it's just amazing to me how many people are just so full of fear and fear of, of the future and fear uh, for their life and fear for, for their children. It's just this fear pandemic. And, and then on top of all of that, there's just life storms. Somebody today watching even online, somebody's going through a storm in life. You, you, you've been COVID-19's impacted you and quarantining with you and your family has not been so good for you and your family. You're like, don't ever quarantine us again. We got to get away from each other because your marriage right now is going through a storm. Somebody single today is like, don't ever quarantine again. I'm trying to get married. Can't nobody get married quarantined by themselves? It's a storm, Pastor. Somebody's going through a health storm right now. Somebody is thinking, my children are driving me crazy. I want to trade them in for some new ones. I'm going through a, a storm. And what do you do when you set sail in life and you find yourself in the midst? of a storm. Today, I want to give you from this portion of scripture in Acts 27, I want to give you four storm survival strategies. Four storm survival strategies. How many know that our great God can get you to the other side of your storm? Our great God can get you through with victory, overcomer. Come on, our great God can get you to the other side and you still fulfill your destiny that he has for your life. Four storm survival strategies. Number one is this, stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. Notice there in Acts chapter 27, we've already established that the ship was caught by the storm. There was this hurricane force wind. And verse 29 says, fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. These, these, these soldiers, these sailors were pretending like everything was okay when everything was not okay. And one of the things that I encourage you not to do when you're in the midst of a storm is to go through pretending. And I, sometimes I think Christians can, can be the worst. You're going through a trial. You're going through a struggle. You're going through difficulty. You argued with your spouse and your kids all the way to church, told somebody, I'm going to hurt you if you keep talking. And then right when you get out the car, they say, how are you doing? Praise the Lord. Highly favored of Jesus. The Lord is with us. And they're in the midst of, of this storm. And the Bible says they're Pretending in verse 31 says, Then Paul said to the centurion and the soldiers, Unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. It's really interesting to me that in verse number 29, they're praying to God. The Bible says they're praying for daylight. But by verse number 30, they're ready to jump ship. And Paul says, listen, if you're going to survive this storm, you got to stay 
with the ship. That's a word for somebody today. You're in the midst of a storm. You're going through trials and tribulation. You feel like you don't know what to do. You got to stay on the ship. You got to stay in church. You got to stay praying. You say, Pastor, I just don't know what to do. When you don't know what to do, do what you know to do. Keep praying. Keep reading your Bible. Keep fasting. Keep tithing. Keep serving. Keep living with integrity. Keep honoring God. Keep working. Worshiping, keep coming to church Sunday after Sunday when you don't know what to do in the middle of the storm. Keep doing what you know to do. Stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. You know, oftentimes it takes more faith to stay than it does to go. When the ship is moving and it's rocking. And you're thinking, I think I want to bail and get off. No, stay on the gospel ship. Stay with Jesus. Stay with the word of God. Stay on the ship. And oftentimes to stay on the ship, you know what you have to do? You've got to get rid of your backup plan. you got to decide, I'm not going to have one foot in the church and one foot in the world. you got to make up your mind, I'm going to get both feet planted on the ship and I'm going to ride this thing out with Jesus. He is faithful. He is true. He is strong. He will get me through if I will stay on the ship. you got to get rid of your backup plan. The Bible says in Acts 27 in verse number 32, so the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. Now I want you to catch this. The Bible says they're in this storm, hurricane force. The boat is rocking and moving. It is a severe storm. And the lifeboat was their backup plan. If the ship doesn't make it, we're going to have the lifeboat to get on. And the Bible says that when they heard the word of the Lord from Paul, stay on the ship. The Bible says that they cut the ropes to the lifeboat and let their backup plan drift away in the sea. And they determined we're going all in with God. Somebody today needs to get rid of your backup plan and stay with Jesus. Cut the rope and stay with the Lord and stay on the ship. Some of you are drifting back to some of your old friends that are trying to pull you away from Jesus. No, 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 no. Cut the rope and stay on the ship. Some of you are trying to drift back into some old habits, some old addictions, some lying and some cheating and some conniving and some jealousy. No, cut the rope and stay on the ship. Somebody's been married 42 years, got 14 grandkids, and you on, on Facebook winking at somebody trying to flirt. Stop it! Cut the rope. Stay on the ship. God will see you through if you'll stay with Jesus. Stay with church. Stay with the word. Stay on the ship. Stay on the ship. I want you to see a second survival strategy. And number two is this. Be still and chill. Oh, you're not ready for me today, Victory. Be still. And chill. I want you to see this in Acts 27 and verse 33. It says, just before dawn, Paul urged them all to eat. For the last 14 days, he said, you have been in constant suspense and have gone without food. You've been panicking, stressed, worried, gone without food. You haven't eaten anything. You haven't taken care of yourself. 
Now I urge you to take some food. You need it to survive. Not one of you will lose a single hair from his head. I love this. In the midst of the storm, Paul says, listen, you've been in constant suspense. You've been worrying. You've been panicking. You've been stressing out. You haven't been taking care of yourself. 14 days, haven't eaten anything because you've been in constant suspense. And he simply says, hey, I want you to be still. I want you to chill. I know, I know there's a storm. I, I, know, I know the boat is rocking. I know the wind is blowing. I know the waves are crashing. But right here on this boat, I want you to sit down and get a little bit to eat. I want you just to be still and chill. You know what I've learned about storms? Is that panicking, worrying, stressing out never solves anything. Matter of fact, worrying and stressing out and getting in panic mode only makes things worse. Here's what Jesus says about worry in Luke chapter 12 and verse 25. He says, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to your life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest. Jesus says, listen, worrying, you can't add an hour to your life. You can't make your hair grow. I don't know why you keep worrying and biting off your fingernails, not sleeping at night. I don't know why, because worrying doesn't solve anything. Worrying doesn't make anything better. It only makes things worse. I remember several years ago, I was having some health complications. My heart was racing and beating fast, and I was having chest pain. I was having shooting pains down my arm. I was nauseous, dizzy. I even talked to a doctor in our church and told him what I was facing and going through. He was concerned for me and said, I'm praying for you, Pastor Pastor. You may need to go see a cardiologist. And, and, and the pain just kept coming and, and, and shooting down my arm, dizzy. And one Sunday at church, I was preparing to preach, and I was so nauseous, so dizzy, in so much pain, I couldn't even stand up. So I sat on a chair and preached that Sunday. It was about 2.30 or so in the morning. I woke up and I was having severe pain in my chest and the nauseousness and dizzy and the shooting pains down my arms and, and, and I didn't want to scare my wife. I didn't want her to be overly alarmed. So I woke Tiffany up about 2.30 in the morning and I, I just played calm and cool and I said, babe, I'm going to drive myself to the heart hospital, but I'm okay. I'm going to drive myself to the heart hospital, but I'm okay. She goes, and this is a true story, true story. She goes... Okay. And a brother had to drive himself to the heart hospital. I get out and I walk in and say, I'm having a heart attack. We got to get a little paperwork. Oh, give me paper. And I don't know who came up with this, but they said, put on this gown. I mean, who designed those gowns? Just who designed the gowns? But, but I put on those gowns and I, I laid in the bed and 
Nurses come in, doctor comes in, they hook me up to an EKG machine, they, they're checking all my vitals, they're checking everything, and I'm laid out in the bed, and, and it was at 30 minutes or so, uh, the doctor came to me and said, Mr. Cooper, you're not having a heart attack. Your heart is fine. You're having a stress attack. I don't know what you do for a living, but you're under some stress. You're having a panic attack. And it was at that moment in my life when Psalm chapter 46 and verse 10 became real to me. Be still and know that I am God. Herbert, you're trying to play God. You're trying to control everything. You think you can make everything happen. No, Herbert, you need to be still and know that I am God. I still have the whole world in my hand. No virus has caught me by surprise. I'm in control. I control your life. You lean on me. You quit trying to be God and trust in me. And I'm talking to somebody today. You're wondering what's going on in your life. You're wondering what's going on in your money. You're wondering what's going on in your business. You're wondering what's going on in the world. And you're, some of you are a little worried. You're confused. You're dazed. You're disoriented. I want to tell you, trust God. He's faithful. He's in control. He's going to lead you and guide you through the storm. Trust him when you can't even trace him. Because he's that kind of God. And friends, can I tell you, in the middle of the storm, if you won't worry, don't stress out, be still, take a break. Somebody needs to do what Pastor Paul and Pastor Ashley are modeling for us. Take a little vacation. Take a day off once a week and trust God. And can I tell you that if you will learn to lean on God like that, God can give you encouragement in the middle of your storm. The Bible says this in Acts 27 and verse number 36. When they, when they were being still and they started to get some food, the Bible says they were all encouraged and ate some food themselves. And I want to remind you the storm was still raging. Their situation has not changed. The wind is still blowing. The waves are still crashing against the ship. And yet they had a perspective shift. And they had some encouragement in their heart. And somebody needs to know that in the middle of your storm, you can be encouraged and strengthened by the Holy Spirit. If you will lean on God, you can have joy in the middle of your storm. Joy is not determined by your circumstances. Joy is determined by the presence of the Lord. And in his presence is fullness of joy. I don't care what's happening around me. I don't care what's happening to me. I'll have joy and I will be encouraged in the middle of my storm. Somebody's got to lean on Jesus. Be still and chill and know that he is God. Number three is this. A third survival strategy is praise God in the storm. I want you to see this, Acts 27, verse 35. It says, after he said this, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. Before Paul gave the men, the soldiers, the sailors, the food to eat. You got you to get the picture. It's easy to not have the context. You got to have the picture here. They're in a hurricane force storm boat is rocking the waves are just crashing coming into the boat water's coming in and and paul says hey thank you god thank you jesus for this food and he begins to thank god in the middle 
a storm. And one of the keys to making it through a storm is learning to thank God in the middle of your storm. Anybody can thank God when everything is going good. Anybody can thank God when everything is going their way. But mature praise that will get you through the other side of a storm is learning to say thank you Jesus in the middle of your storm. Learning to say praise the Lord in the middle of your storm. Learning to say hallelujah in the middle of your storm. The psalmist said it like this in Psalm 42 and verse number 11. David says, why my soul are you downcast? Have you been there before? Well, your soul is downcast. Storms. Why so disturbed within me? Storms. He said, I'm having a struggle on the inside. And then I love this. Sometimes, listen, you got to talk to yourself. And in the middle of a storm, when his emotions were crazy, he talked to himself and he says, put your hope in God. He says, for I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. David said, I'm going through a storm, but yet I will praise my God. And somebody needs to know if you're going to make it through your storm, you got to have a yet praise on your lips. I'm going through hell and high water, yet I will praise God. I'm going through difficulty in my marriage with my children, yet I will praise God. My money's a little funny right now, yet I will praise God. Listen, at work, people are acting like they're crazy, yet I will praise God. I don't know what's going on with COVID-19 and the stock market, yet I will praise God. God, praise is a key to making it through your storm. Listen to me. Storms want to silence your praise. Don't you let a storm silence your praise. You got to lift up a hallelujah, a thank you, Jesus. Come on, sometimes you got to praise through until you get a breakthrough. I'm talking to somebody in the house today that's in the middle of a storm. Come on, let's take 10 seconds right now. We're not going to let a storm silence our praise. Come on, somebody lift up a thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody lift up a hallelujah. Oh, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praise shall continually be on my mouth. I will bless the Lord right now. Come on, lift up praise. Come on, lift up praise. Come on, don't let a storm silence you. Lift up praise. Lift up praise. Thank you, Jesus. I worship you. I magnify you. I give you glory. You're worthy to be praised. No storm is going to silence my praise. Hallelujah. Somebody's getting a little victory in the house right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. No storm is going to silence my praise. I bless you. I magnify you. Hallelujah. Number four, number four, number four, number four. The fourth storm survival strategy is God can take you to your destination on broken pieces. You got to see this in Acts 27, verse 41. It says, but the ship struck a sandbar and ran aground. The bow struck fast and would not move. And the stern was broken to pieces by the pounding of the surf. The ship struck a sandbar, those watching online. And the Bible says, literally, the ship 
and things don't seem to be coming together. They seem to be breaking into pieces. You're looking at your health and what the doctor said. And in your mind, it doesn't seem to be coming together. It seems to be falling apart. You're looking at your mind and your emotions and your mental and emotional stability. And you find yourself depressed and anxious. And things are not coming together. They seem to be falling apart. You're looking at your marriage. You're looking at your children. You're looking at your dating relationship. And you're looking at it. It doesn't seem to be coming together. It seems like. It's falling apart. You're looking at your business. You're looking at your finances. You're looking at your career. And it doesn't seem to be coming together. It just looks like it's falling apart. And what do you do in life when you set sail and you look around and all you see is broken pieces. All I got left is broken pieces. I've come here from Oklahoma City to tell you today, Victory, you can make it on broken pieces. The text says in Acts 27 and verse 43, but the centurion wanted to spare Paul's life and kept them from carrying out their plan. He ordered those who could swim to jump overboard first and get to land. The rest were to get there on planks or on other pieces of the ship. In this way, everyone reached land Safely. How many of you would agree with me? It's not a good situation when you're on the ocean or the sea and a hurricane storm hits your ship. That's not good. Who would agree that it's even worse when you're on a ship on the sea and the hurricane storm hits your boat, but not only does the hurricane hit, but your ship is breaking into pieces. That's not good. But it's a whole Another level. When you're on a ship on the sea, a hurricane hits, your boat is breaking into pieces, and you can't swim. And Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, Paul says, those of you that can swim, swim to land. But for everybody else, you gonna make it. I know you're scared. I know you can't swim. You wonder if God's going to see you through. He is. Just grab a hold of broken pieces. Grab a hold 
of broken pieces. So many people don't make it through a storm because they get focused on what they lost. Oh, what well, the ship broke. I mean, come on, God. Why, why would you let the ship break? God, 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 I lost it. Lord, they're talking about me. They Facebook about me. They, they, they're on social media talking about me. They left me. The marriage didn't work. My, my kids are acting crazy. I'm one of the business. I can't believe my business partner walked out on me. And people start getting focused on what they lost. And God's not going to get you there on what you lost. He's going to get you there on what you have left. God is not going to get you there on what it was. He's going to get you there on what it is. Somebody needs to grab a hold of broken pieces. The very fact that a sovereign God allowed your ship to break into pieces means all along, listen to me, all along a sovereign God that allowed your ship to break into pieces means I'm still in control and I was going to get you there another way all of the time. I knew it broke into pieces and I'm still going to get you there if you'll just grab on to what you have left. I'm talking to somebody right now today. You're looking around and you all you see is broken pieces. I've come here to tell you, God's going to make the dream still happen. God's going to make the business still happen. God's going to make the relationship still happen. God's going to make the breakthrough still happen. God's going to still save your whole household. Grab a hold. 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 Of broken pieces. Let me talk to you. I got to minister this to you. I got to minister this to you. Here's what happens to people. They start looking at their ship broken into pieces. And they think there's no way I can make it. Because I don't have a big piece left. All I have is a little piece. I can't see my dream happen with this little piece. I can't see the vision happen with this little piece. And what you have to understand is a little piece by yourself is not enough. But a little piece with God is more than enough. All you need is to grab a hold of a little piece of faith. Oh, do you have just a little piece of joy left? Grab a hold of it. Do you have a little piece of strength left? Grab a hold of it. Do you have a little piece of money left? Grab a hold of it. Do you have just a little piece of your marriage left? Grab a hold of it. Somebody, somebody, somebody says, all I got is two nickels. Two nickels with God is enough. Grab a hold of what you got left. And God is going to take you to your destination on broken pieces. I'm talking to somebody, you feel like the dream is shattered right now. And I'm telling you, the dream is not shattered. God does his best work with broken pieces. You just need to grab a hold of what you got left and God's gonna get you to the other side. God's gonna get you through to see the victory. God's gonna get you through to see the business. God's gonna get you through to your prosperity. God's gonna get you through to your destiny. Listen to me, God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should change his mind. If he said it, he will do it. Can I tell you that you're still more than a conqueror? You may just have a few broken pieces left. Oh, but if God be for you, it's more than a whole world that can be against you. Somebody stand up around this place and declare right now, I'm going to see a victory. Somebody grab a hold of broken pieces. Come on, worship team. Lead us right now. Somebody 
grab a hold. Somebody grab a hold. sexually abused as a teenager, parents divorced, mom, brother, and sister moved to New York, I stayed and we woke up, I was addicted, I was bound, suicidal thoughts, I looked at my life and all I saw was broken pieces. You see, I'm talking to you about my life story. I can't believe 22 years. I didn't think I was gonna make it a year of marriage. I thought I would fail. Starting a church, traveling the nation and the world preaching. Never thought it could happen. But we serve a God that if you will just grab a hold of the broken pieces, if you will grab a hold of the broken pieces, if you will grab a hold of the broken pieces, if you will trust God and grab a hold of the broken pieces, God can get you to your destination on broken pieces. Come on, let's sing it right now. Somebody's getting victory right now. Somebody's getting strength right now. Somebody's getting hope right now. Come on. that people's destiny, dreams are going to happen in Jesus' name. I thank you that you're going to see us through the storm and take us all out on the other side stronger, better, faster, Lord, more resilient and making the biggest difference we ever made for your name and for your glory. I thank you today. I declare victory. I declare prosperity. I declare blessing over your people. You are taking us to victory. In Jesus' name I pray. As eyes are still disclosed and heads are just bowed, there are some of you 
that don't know this God that I'm talking about. That grabbed a hold of my life and changed me. And set my feet on solid ground. And today you don't know God. You might know about him. You know, might know about religion. You might can quote a Bible verse. You might even know the song Amazing Grace. But you don't know Jesus. And I want you to know he loves you so much. He has a plan and purpose for your life. He has destiny for your life. Oh, would you surrender to Jesus today? Those of you online right now, there are some of you that you gave your life to Jesus a week ago, a month ago, a year ago, years ago, and, and you have drifted away from God. You've allowed trials and the troubles of this world to put distance between you and God. And today, you need to recommit. You need to rededicate your life back to the Lord and get your one foot out the world and get it planted back on the gospel ship. And to say, Jesus, I'm selling out to you today. You have my life. I want to see your plans and purposes prevail in my life. Right now, if that's you, I'm going to count to three. Would you just raise your hand all over this building if you're giving your life to Christ and need to recommit your life to the Lord, even right there in your home, your living room, your dining room, your kitchen. Would you just raise your hand if you need to surrender your life to Christ right now? One, two, three. Just lift your hand high and say, Pastor, that's me today. That's me today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Others, thank you so much. Others today. Others today. That's it. Thank you so much. Others today. Just lift your hand high. So that's me today. That's me today. Come on, those online, that's it. Welcome to the family. Welcome to the family. I'm going to ask every hand that's raised, whether you're online or in the building, would you pray this prayer with me? And God's just going to flood you with his grace, his mercy, and his forgiveness. Pray with me right now. Heavenly Father, I turn from my way of living, and I turn to Jesus, the Son of God who died on the cross and rose again. I confess Jesus is my Lord and my Savior. And I will live for Jesus the rest of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 And amen.